Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two trucks having sex. Two trucks having sex. My muscles, my muscles involuntarily flex. Two pickup trucks making love. Hello, everyone. Welcome. Oh, never mind. That's not what we do here. That's not. What, <laughs> that's not what we say here. What we say here is. Listen up, Auto Thoughts and Decepticlowns. You're listening to Prime Cuts, a transformer, a nonlinear uh, journey through the Transformers television history. I'm one of your hosts, Nero. And I'm your other host, Audrey. And what the fuck is Sideways doing? No one knows, including Sideways. He's, he's, we get some fairly literal old man yells at clouds in this. Uh, again, don't worry about it. You know, we're about we're coming up to i think halfway through the show uh there are i believe 53 or 54 episodes of armada so we're getting there we're getting there um and sideways continues to be my favorite character uh, upon this rewatch what's really nice about this first episode which that's probably the last time you're gonna hear me say this um but what's really nice about this first episode today is um Starscream and I mean his double face is double face is being double face like that's sort of his his mo is just like causing problems on purpose from here to the end at this point, um, but Starscream and double face sort of represents two different sides of the knife cat spectrum in this first episode, which is pretty funny. So true. Um, well, actually, wait a minute. Which episodes do you watch? Because we're watching... 22 and 23. Yeah, so it's Vow and Rebellion in the dub. It's, uh, the first one is Sympathetic Connection. Yeah, so... And the the, second one is Ready for a Rebellion. Yeah, so once again, chopping chopping words off, as they love to do over there. Um, yeah, so we should start with this first episode here, which is interesting. Um, you know... Uh, yeah, we've, we've constantly asked, "What's up with the mini cons? What do they think about all this?" Well, we kind of know now, sort yeah, of. Kind of. Uh, we start off with uh, Megatron introducing the Micron Fall Winter 2021 collection. Uh, he's just lost in the drip of all these Microns. He has basically every single mini con power link to him at once. And is just, he's just got like cars and tanks and construction equipment hanging off of him. And then he's got the, uh, the I believe the, their military assault team. And he's talking okay, about a plan. that's what it was. Cause I was like, yeah. I was like, is this the stunt action team? No, the stunt action is, uh, are, are our three main guys with the human buddies. No, that's this street is... action. Yeah. Oh yeah. Stunt action. The, the two cars, the two little cars are from the stunt action team. Okay. But the so, three major minicons okay. here that are featured are the military assault team. I might be getting that name wrong, but it's military something. Um, we already saw one of their number get recovered way back in like episode seven, which Bone Crusher, the uh, the the missile truck. Very funny. And Very then there funny is stuff. Wreckage, who is the green one, and then there is Knockout, who is the tan Knockout! one. Knockout. Okay. <laughs> That's good. And, and remember, before this point, Knockout was only a name used for a Micromaster. Um, I know. I'm aware. So just like, no, nothing. No fiction attached to that guy. 
Yeah. And so he, there was no way this funny little minicon could one day know that 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 name would be used for one of the greatest for, characters in Transformers history. For for Timmy Turner's dad playing a flamboyant uh, doctor. Just outstanding. Um, Outstanding stuff I say as I look at my knockout figure to the right here. Um, I will say about this plan, it's one of Megatron's better plans so far in the show. It's not great, but it's pretty solid. Here's the thing. Megatron has almost all the power now. I mean, he he did fuck up last time and lose the Cosmotector. But he has- They still have an overwhelming number of Microns as compared to the Autobots. And they still have the Star Saber. So, like, Megatron's like, alright, let's use the Microns the way they are meant to be used. And he, like, again, goes into his Micron drip, attaches them, like, fucking bedazzling himself. And he, he, like, does target practice. And it's like, that's a lot of guns. He just releases a lot of guns. Yeah, I mean, so many of these Minicons have built-in weaponry. Like, he's like, well, why don't I use them? Plus, he knows that the Autobots are not going to be willing to attack them, even if they're firing on them. It's it's a pretty solid plan. Plus, this and this weird Warpgate Nexus thing that we'll get into here later. It's uh, it's it's one of his better ones. Yeah. As for the Autobots, uh, we see the kids arriving, you know, underground at the base. And they are being kept out. They things are getting a bit too dangerous right now to have them around. So yeah, so um, Silverbolt and uh, Ratchet, I think it's hot. I think it's it's Hot, hot Rod. Rod. Okay, it's Hot Rod. Silverbolt and Hot Rod are like guarding the door, and Carlos is like, "Let us in." And uh, Hot Rod's like, "Uh, I can't really do that." And Carlos's like, "Well, I'm not gonna listen to you, Hot Rod." And Silverbolt almost like stomps Carlos into the dirt. I um, wish you would have blur. You could please blur <laughs> free us. Um, and yeah, Silverbolt's like, absolutely not. Like the commander told us not to let anyone through here. And Carlos is like, Optimus wouldn't do that. And as soon as he's said that the door opens behind them and optimus is like i told them to do that i I do that that. (laughs) and he's like listen kids i understand you want to help but shit is way too hot right now like we have the sky boom shield they have the star saber things are gonna get really ugly pretty soon so you just need to like keep your distance um and so they they sort of walk off all dejected, and we we get a a, Wait. a look in. Well, very quickly, there's a line as they walk off deject- dejectedly in the sub, which is Carlos going. Optimus is so hard headed. Damn. He, what he is it with him? He doesn't say he-, he doesn't say it like that. He says Optimus is so hard headed, but I was like, is he? <laughs> is Optimus so hard? Listen, we know this about him. Um. So we get we get a look into the the Autobot planning room. They got this cool hologram table they use to form uh, positions. I guess they're in the uh, they're in the main uh, strategy room from Doctor Strange Love. Yeah, gentlemen, please don't fight in here. This is a war room. Um, so the 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 plan that they're coming up with to like for battles going forward, their their main formation is that what they're going to do. 
They're going to have Smokescreen in the back at an elevated position, and they're going to have him launch the Skyboom shield to whoever needs it with his, like, crane launcher. Um, that That is their big plan going forward, and from what I remember, this is a thing that happens a lot. Smokescreen has basically uh, become a Skyboom shield dispenser from this point onward. I mean, at least he's doing something. There's a great moment, actually, where, like, <laughs> I think I think it's Devaster who's going over everything as, like, sort of most strategy-minded person on the Autobot side. And he's like, okay, this entire plan depends on you, Grap, being able to do this thing. And Grap's like, yeah, I can do the fucking thing. Leave me, leave my ass alone. Yeah. He's like, I can chill out. And then he's like, chill out, man. I'll be there. Don't worry about it. Like, and I got I it. I won't Welch. Um, for some reason, also, Hotshot's volume is like three notches above everyone else. He's yelling constantly in this scene. I don't know what's going on there. I think maybe maybe Scavenger hit him too hard in the head and his ears are ringing. <laughs> they found me screaming, screaming, screaming. So at this point, the street action team walks in, and they're they're beeping and booping. But unfortunately, uh, the kids are the only are the only ones who understand them. So the Automats are just kind of confused and say, uh, "I know you want to help or whatever, but we're busy. Uh, leave." Well, so yeah, in the sub, they're just like, "Yeah, we understand that. Like, you want the kids to be here and you want to be with the kids, but like, they can't be here. This is like of critical importance." And the street action team is like, Bloo. "Like, no, you're you're." Like, it's very clear to the street action team is like, you're not getting it even a little bit, what we are trying to say. Yeah, and what it turns out what they're trying to say is, as they, as they you know, go to rendezvous with the kids in the woods, is that they have intercepted a uh, communication from some minicons on the moon base Mom's- that, one- <laughs> that went to defect. Mom said it's our turn to get defectors. Yep. Um, which everyone is very excited about, but no one, and of course, no one thinks about the very obvious thing of, what if it's a trap? Well, none of the kids do. No, yeah, none of them do. Uh, Optimus, when he hears this, immediately says, oh, that's bait. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so, as the rest, so, so, what happens is, He's been queer baited too many times. (laughs) I've been hurt too many times, Rad. He watched I'm, I'm Hannibal and he never recovered. That's not true. Hannibal's not queer bait. They're literally gay for each other. Like, that's literally canon. Do you know how long I watched Supernatural Rad? <laughs> Too long. And for what? What did I have to show for it, Rad? Super hell for the gays. <laughs> so, um, they, so they, so like, they, the kids split up. I don't remember who goes off to do what. Is it, um, uh. It is Rad. So, Rad and Jim. It's a very interesting mix. So Rad's a dynamic like, dynamic duo. Yeah. yeah. Literally, they've never been paired. So, like, Rad is like, all right, let's go tell Optimus. I- I'm going to go back and tell Base. Jim, come with me. And Jim's like, oh, okay. And goes off with Rad back to the base while Billy, Alexa, and Carlos all go to where the Microns are telling them that, um, that the warp gate that the military assault team is trying to open to escape the moon base is going to open up on Earth. And then we cut up to the moon base and we see all yeah, of, speaking the, of the, the the military assault team is at the console. They're they're getting their message through and then it pans over and Megatron is there and saying, excellent, good trick, perfect. This is going to be great. 
Um, this is gonna fuck so hard. He, Zoller is he's so excited to just pull a beautiful trick, and he and he turns to everyone else in the room and says, "All right, I need all of you." To monitor the warp gates and you move have out one when, job. You have you one have job. One singular job. Monitor the warp gates and come when I call for reinforcements. Do not do anything else. And Sideways and Starscream have a great uh, response to this in the dub. When when he tells them this, uh, they they respectively go, "Yeah, whatever," uh, says Starscream, and and Sideways just goes like. Yeah, sure. We'll uh, we'll do our best. Perfect. Incredibly unenthused. <laughs> yeah, and that is how they are for like the entire rest of the episode, which is like so funny. It's like the two of them again, like double faces up to his own bullshit. But like, there is a level of commiseration in this episode, at least. Next episode, he kind of like throws that in the garbage. But in this episode, there's like a level of commiseration between him and Starscream, being like, "Get a load of this guy, Cam." Yeah, they're just they're the only smart guys in the room. Um, so the kids get to this clearing, and well, I guess first what happens is that Rad and Fred get to Optimus, and they tell him what's going on, and he says, "Oh fuck, <laughs> you, you, we need to go out there right now." Okay, so that's sort of interesting because they get there and the sub they get to Optimus, and they're like, "Yeah, this is happening," and Optimus is like, "And you didn't like question this at all," and Rad's that's like. Rad's That's like, basically what he says to Yeah, Rad's like, what are you talking about? He's like, just as a heads up, this is not news to me. Prime also intercepted the signal. And I actually took a moment to be like, that seems suspicious. But you guys didn't do that, huh? And Rad's like, I'm 12. <laughs> he also has another moment in the dub where he's like, Listen, I I know you want to like he's like it's more complicated than that. A lot of he says like a lot of the minicons on the moon see Megatron as a sort of father figure, which seems odd. Yes, okay. So what they say here so they are explaining everything here. This comes this comes up a little later in the in the episode, but uh in the sub. But basically what they say is uh, later on in the sub, there, there's a lot of arguing about what to do about, about the Decepticon Microns, and Optimus is like, it's, like, I'm going to be really honest with you, we'll do what we can, but it's really hard to take any Micron that's been awakened by the Decepticons away from the Decepticons, because they form these parent-child relationships. And it's like, they imprint... Like, is that what they're... It's basically implying that, like, Micron's imprint on whoever wakes them up. That makes sense. That tracks with what we've seen so far with, like, the kids and whatnot. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, presumably whoever gets them out of the panel, like, uh, imprints on the... Maybe... I suppose the um the 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 weapon Minicons work a little bit differently since they are so connected. Because they seem to pass hands pretty freely... Um, but the Passed rest of them, hands. yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he, he says that, and so they, they, they head on out there. Um, and if, so, so the, the kids and the minicons are there, and they see the, the military assault team for a split second, and then they disappear, and then they see Megatron they, they for a split warp second. Away. Yeah, very they, specific. They, they don't dis- disappear. They like warp away. Yeah. And before Megatron appears, they're like, oh shit, did something go wrong with the warp gate? But before they can finish that thought, Megatron shows up. And then warps away. And so they're just like, what the fuck is happening? Hey, quick question. What the fuck? 
Yeah. So what? I don't know how he did this, but like Megatron is is basically set up a warp gate nexus where he's just randomly warping people around to like fuck with them. Specifically, Optimus. He's specifically fucking with Optimus. Um, he's he's trying to separate all of the Autobots and get them like isolated so he can take them out one by one. Because obviously he knows they have the shield. It will be extremely hard to defeat them if they are all together. So what he's going to do is he's just going to make sure that none of them have the shield. None of them have any backup or equipment. Uh, and just, just beat the shit out of them. So we get a, an extended sequence. So, so Rad and Fred get warped along with Optimus while everyone else kind of stays in this forest area. Um, and what I find interesting is during this warping sequence, they visit a bunch of locations that they've already been in previous episodes. Like there's the, the, the desert. There's like the Sahara. They go to Big Canyon. Um, they go to the Arctic. All places we've seen before. Uh, as, as they're just sort of randomly warped around. And you know, you know, Rad and Fred are going to just have horrible tummy troubles after this. But they're going to be so brave about it. They're going to be so... Well, Rad will. I don't know if Fred can be brave about it. Um, so, basically, yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone else gets warped, do they? It's just Optimus and the kids getting fucked around with. Yeah. Yeah. It's... it's. Oh, no. Hot Rod does. Well, That's not, right. Not he's, Fred. he's... So, okay. So, yeah. So, Optimus is, like, the... the arrives with everyone. And, like, the... Microns go first, and then, like, Megatron does, and Jim, who suddenly has a spine, very interesting with Jim this episode, because he's yeah. suddenly, he is suddenly very vocal and very political in this episode. He um, is. He's, he's, he must be talking to his therapist more, like yeah. he said early on. So, uh, so, Jim runs after him, and he gets warped, and then... Uh, Rad runs after Jim, and he gets warped. Optimus runs after Rad, and he gets warped. And then Hot Rod and one of the others, I think it's Silverbolt, also. No, because, no, it's not, because I have the picture of wide blur and smokescreen in the forest there. I think it's, I think it's Red Alert who gets warped. Okay, so, so Ratchet, and then, so the last two also get warped out. Um, Yeah, eventually. But, but not that- before we get a good look at that being real wide. I don't know what happened there, but I lo- I, lo- I love that so much. It's bad. It's, like, bad to look at. I'm not going to lie, homies. <laughs> Everyone's so chunky. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, LOL ratio. So, Yaggedy Sax plays as... Optimus and the kids warp in one place to get warped out. Hotshot warps in right behind them. I was like, hey, Optimus, where are you? Gets warped out. Everyone is just completely lost. Um, and this whole time, they are, uh, the kids are kind of talking to Optimus about more about this, uh, Minicon stuff and how they can try and convince these Minicons to leave the Decepticon side. Uh, especially Fred. Fred is very insistent that they can do it. Yeah. So, like, Optimus, Optimus is sort of, he's kind of an asshole in this episode, actually. Uh, Optimus is very much like, these are the practicalities of war. We have a war to win. And, like, at some point, like, sacrifices must be made. And Jim's, like, the entire time being like, then what makes you different than the Decepticons? 
Like, literally, how are you any different than them? If you're willing to sacrifice Microns uh, who are being forced to fight you. And Optimus goes, ah, fuck, he's right. Optimus, yeah, Optimus is like, am I out of touch? No, it is the Microns who are wrong. But he eventually, he's thinking about it. The entire time he's being, you know, pelted with laser fire, he is thinking. So, anyway, (laughs) after, like, several jumps, finally, like, Megatron gets Optimus isolated. But back at the moon base... (laughs) Uh, we find out that, like, this is not as planned. So, like, you know, so Ironhide is, like, sort of, like, leading command right now. And he's like, all right, where's Megatron-sama now? And Sandstorm's behind and being like, I don't know, there's interference. I'm getting, like, all this communication interference. Wouldn't it be funny if the Microns were actually trying to make a break for it? And Ironhide is like, why would you even say that? no that that would be funny like why 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 would you even why would you even suggest that it's like i don't know i think it's funny and then it like cuts over to like (laughs) starscream and double face who are just sitting on the side like standing by the side not doing jack shit and ironhide's like all right help me like calculate where megatron sama is like i I can't figure it out on my own like don't you care if he comes back or not and they're like yeah, he'll be fine. Yeah, and then, like, eventually, like, I, they, like, they literally say, this is a great scene. So Ironhide is like, don't you care if Megatron-sama is safe? And he looks over at them, and there's just, like, this three seconds of silence as, like, it, like, pans over to them, and they just don't say anything. And then eventually, like, Starscream's like, he's strong, he'll take care of it. And, and Doubleface is like, yeah, yeah, I'm not, uh... I'm not worried. And Ironhide's like, get the fuck on a council <laughs> before. <laughs> <laughs> so we see where they ended up. Optimus, Megatron, and all the rest. Uh, they're in the desert. Megatron is just sitting on a sand dune uh, with yeah. a star saber over his lap and a whole bunch of little guys in front of him. Yeah, you've fallen for Megatron's trick. And Megatron's trick is uh, saying, I'm Ozymandias, King of Kings. Look upon my works and say... Yes. Um, so I should say there is a line, I believe, right before, at some point during this warp phase when Megatron appears directly, uh, he, he says, follow me, Optimus Prime. And Optimus answers with, as you wish, as he walks towards him. I love Pretty the hard. Princess Bride. Uh huh. So, uh, the plan launches. So, so Megatron just kind of sits back and lets the Minicons just fucking blitz optimus here he is like there are so many lasers hitting him yeah and optimus optimus like is because he has he has rad and jim behind him and he's like you guys need to run and he's like fighting back and jim is like absolutely not i'm not going to let you shoot the microns and like optimus is like the microns are deceptive like those microns are decepticons i do not know how to explain this to you any clearer than that and jim's like i heard them before they warped away, I heard them say with their own voice that they did not want to fight. They are being forced to do this against their will. And if you just shoot them down while they're being held hostage by the Decepticons, what good are you? And Optimus is like, oh, damn. And oh, you have to shit. understand, like, Jim is played by the guy who voices Ed and Ed, Ed and Eddie. So this is like not yeah. a great, this is like not a great thing to listen to. Like, no. auditorially, this is not, like, enjoyable, but... But, 
It's a good character moment for him. It is a very good character moment for him. Um, and his voice actor, I, I, I don't know who who say you is. I'll look it up at some point. But um, is essentially that exact same voice. It's pretty remarkable. It is literally just Ed from Ed, Ed and Eddie, but in Japanese. Um, that's incredible. Yeah, uh, that's that's beautiful. So yeah, but so Rad, Rad, and and Fred flee. Uh, they 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 run away from the battlefield, and then Optimus stops firing back. And uh, and begins slowly walking towards <laughs> he the Minicons Welt. He does thing like Jesus. <laughs> In a Jesus pose. He like a gentleman. Like you imagine. Yeah, he's fully like arms out tea posing. Listen, we love, you know they love to make Christ metaphors with Optimus. They love to do it. I'm, uh, um, listen, I'm Jewish, but I'm going to put Optimus in my nativity scene. My nonagus nativity <laughs> scene. Just the, the, the smallest transforming transformer version yeah, of the I'll little, get, I'll, little get the Creo, I'll get a little Creo of him. It's fine. <laughs> so, yeah, he just starts walking forward and, and not, uh, not retaliating. And Megatron's like, you fucking soft ass bitch. You're going to die. Yeah. Damn, Loser. you dumb as hell, homie. Yeah, um, so, but, eventually, you know, and he is not, he's, he's hurting pretty bad, he's, like, barely standing up, but eventually the Minicons stop firing. Yeah, Jim, Jim's like, not like this, not like this! There's a moment where it cuts over to, like, Jim and Rad, and Jim's like, I didn't want him to kill the Microns, but I didn't want him to die either, and he, like, buries his head in Rad's neck, and Rad's like, yeah, I got you, homie. I got you, dude. (laughs) So, yeah, but eventually the, the Minicons stop firing, and Megatron's like, what the fuck? I told you to keep firing until he Curse was dead. Curse your sudden but inevitable betrayal. And he's like, fine, I'll do it myself. And he gets up to, to and, and picks up the Star Serum and is like, you, surely you must just be allowing me the space for the coup de grace. I understand. There's no way you could be betraying me, right? Oh, is that what he says? It's very different in the sub. In the sub- it's- Oh, well, I don't know how, like, sarcastic that was. I think it was, he, he seemed like it was a little bit sarcastic. I don't think he was, like, he did, He just, he, I don't think he believed it. He was just saying that oh. as a, like, vague threat of, yeah, in, sure. In the sub, myself. he's, like, he's, like, very explicitly, like, how dare you even think of going against my hand? Yeah. I will so he's like, crush fine. you and all of my enemies. He says, fine, I'll do it myself. Uh, and he walks up and he raises the star saber and he is knocked on his ass by the Minicons, who just fucking blast him right in the face all at once. Um, because, it's what yeah, he deserves. It's what he deserves. They turn, once again, th- this series is simply full of sudden but inevitable betrayals. Um, and so he is like, how fucking dare you deign to shoot it? And then he looks over and goes, oh, fuck, because the Autobots are here now. The Autobots are here. Um, the I have to say, there was there's an extremely good bit in the dub where, you know, the, the theme kicks in, you know, the, the heroic guitars and whatnot as, the, as all of the Autobots warp in. Um, and then Anonymous turns to Megatron and goes, ha ha! <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, one important thing we mentioned here, uh, we, we didn't mention here, actually, for this episode, is that one of the biggest concerns that Optimus has had throughout this entire episode is making sure that um, the Cosmotector and the Star Saber don't actually, like, touch again. Because the last time they touched, 
a giant burst of energy that no one could identify, which it's the sky, don't worry about it. Um, I don't know if that exists in the dub, Nero. It does. They yeah. do talk about it. So, um, Fred, he- his opinion is that it was like the 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 burst uh, a burst of like energy the, of of the of the constituent mini cons of the shield and the state of the and the saber like protesting that's what he thinks um but he's allowed to think whatever he wants but yeah so anyway there's been like this intense hesitation towards using the cosmotector because they're very like cautious of you know not repeating that but anyway he shoots like grap is there he shoots out the cosmotector to hot rod and hot rod engages with megatron and megatron you know starts to attack him but realizes that not only does he have uh orichalcos which is i guess what they're called (laughs) remember that they're called orichalcos um that not only is he going against another orichalcos but he also in addition has the entire autobot army surrounding him so he's like i'm gonna warp away now and i'm about to head out but not before getting shield bashed that's important uh hot rod just slammed right into him and that's when he calls base and uh cyclonus is like oh hey you good megatron he's like get me out of here get me out of here Luke. get me out of here right now (laughs) i need to go uh so he warps away and the uh this is where we get the scene where where Fred says that's what he believes that the, the the burst of light was, and once again he's allowed to think whatever he wants uh, about a million beams of light about that particular incident, um, and we will move on from that and not worry about it. Uh, yeah, narrator voice, that was a lie. <laughs> so or that was next, incorrect. Yeah, that was incorrect. So next, <laughs> we made it up. A writer did that. Um, so next up, we got. <laughs> <laughs> thanks thanks mr frakes <laughs> we fooled you so next up we have uh episode 20 whatever three, three. the tubi has me all fucked up because they arbitrarily separate the show into seasons mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. so we got rebellion which is interesting because one it is starscream centric and two basically no autobots at all um yeah Ready for a rebellion again in the in the sub. Yeah. So we start this episode in. The, I wonder if the du- if the sub starts the same way as in the dub. We start off with sideways. Yes. Recording a log, um, just sort of musing about his his observations of the Decepticons and how they're just a complete fucking disaster. So there is one important difference. Uh, it is essentially the, the content of it is essentially the same. I think. But it is not a log. It is a report. He is reporting to someone. So it's like a live. It's not like a recording. It is a live broadcast. Or it might be. It might be a recording. But it is. It is not just like a personal. It's not like a diary or whatever. Oh, no, yeah, no, yeah. it's not a diary. And he he does say it is a it is a report. Um, okay. And, you know, he says like, you know, serial number location. Yeah. Or so he's like fucking on some other asteroid and he's looking up into the like night sky and he's going can we pretend that airplanes in the night sky are shooting stars i could really use a wish right now wish right now wish right now 
Um, he's just staring into the void of space and just talking about how, yeah, it's, uh, if, if I can make my maneuvers right, this war could end swiftly. Uh, why he wants to do that, I have no idea. But also in the dub, there is something, I, I assume it's a flub. Uh, because he said, he, during his talk, he talks about the Skyboom Shield and the Star Super being in play, but he also mentions the Astro Blaster. Um. The Hoomst? Yeah, we don't know what that is yet. So, it may come to surprise you that, uh, there are three weapons. The Astro Blaster. Three of them. That, I'm or, sorry, that is a fucking sex toy. It does definitely sound like that. It also kind of looks like one. Um, the, the Astro Blaster, or its much better dub name, the Requiem Blaster, um, is the third Minicon weapon. They don't know about it yet. I think this was an accidental inclusion. Uh, and it makes me think that because it also has its Japanese name, I believe. Um, so, whoops. Uh, he says it's in play when it, which is definitely not true. We're like, 10 episodes away from that being introduced but just a just a little uh, just a little hint there's a gun out there <laughs> you know classic rock paper scissors sword shield gun uh pokemon gun coming to stores near you soon yep listen i have played hades is all i'm gonna say <laughs> so we cut over and and sideways is sitting around in the warp room presumably pretending to tend to some wounds um as everyone warps in here, like he, I guess he could be actually injured, but I don't trust him. <laughs> yeah. So everyone like warps in, and Cyclonus immediately falls asleep. So yeah, Sandstorm, Sandstorm warps in, and he, I can't remember what he's saying, but in the middle of his sentence, he like trails off and passes out, and Megatron looks behind him at Ironhide and Sandstorm, and he's like. What the fuck is wrong with him? And Ironhide's like, yeah, um. You're asking this now? How long have you known him? He's like, um, he appears to be asleep. And Megatron just fucking loses it. He's like, time and time again, I ask for, I expect nothing from you. And still I am disappointed. What are you? And it just goes off on that. And Ironhide's like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh. And in the middle of this. Starscream warps in, and he just, like, looks around at the two of them, and he's like, whose dog died? <laughs> he's like, what's going on here? Uh, well, it's less like, more like he's seeing the vibe and going, uh, what, yeah. uh, what's up? I mean, he sort of, like, jokes about it. He's like, this is a heavy mood. Anyway, yeah. I'm gonna go relax. And Megatron's like, no, you're not. And Starscream's like, excuse me? And Megatron's like, you're gonna come with me. And Starship's like, wanna, okay. I'm gonna want to talk about your uh, latest mission performance. Talk in this uh, locked room. So yeah, so uh, he walks away. They, they walk away, and uh, sideways is, is kind of sitting there still. You know, Cyclonus is asleep. Demolisher is kind of standing there, looking pretty confused. And sideways just gets up and goes, "Hey." But, uh, what do you think is going on over there? We should go and, uh, listen, don't you think? So they do. And what is happening is that Megatron is, is, is interrogating Starscream about why he disobeyed orders last mission and, and went for some unordered air support, uh, leaving Megatron 
like flanked. Yeah, so it, it's really funny in this uh, because Starscream is so confused. Um, so Megatron's like, "Do you understand what you did in the last battle?" And Starscream's like, "Yeah, I engaged with Ratchet and Grap to make it easier for you to fight Optimus." And <laughs> Megatron's like, "You idiot! Do you ever do anything without thinking about others?" <laughs> and Starscream's like, "I was literally following your orders. What are you talking about?" He's just mad. He's just fucking at mad. And you know what? He's got to work his. We need to get him a stress ball so this doesn't happen again. Because what happens next is Megatron just starts beating the shit out of Starscream. Now, in the sub, is it explicitly stated that he's beating him to death? Yes, he okay. said. He says, "You, I, you, I have had enough of your shit. I am going to terminate you." Yeah, and just starts fucking beating the ever loving shit out of him. Now, something about this episode is that it it is. I think it has. It is at least the most. I I think it looks pretty good outside of a few wonky bits. It certainly looks better than the last one. I mean, yeah, that's a low bar though. But I thought this. Ha- I thought this episode looked pretty bad. <laughs> specifically, though, what I noticed, which is something that is never ever drawn is that these particular models they use in this are extremely detailed because sideways his his uh, on on his chest behind his windscreen he has like gauges and lights drawn in which he never does that is never on his animation model so while a lot of the action might be the the low detail like model stuff that they they relied on a lot in in past episodes the dialogue scenes look pretty good because everyone is is drawn very detailed um like that's that's what struck me uh anyway starscream is just getting the he is just getting the tar kicked out of him and uh demolisher and side are just standing outside and so i was just going damn this is fucked up huh yeah Should, uh yes. bust down that door so, Double Face, this is sort of the part where Double Face is really consciously sowing seeds of dissent and causing yeah. problems on purpose. Um, and he does it very, like, methodically in this episode. He basically goes to all the characters and he's like, pretty fucked up, huh? Oh, except Cyclonus, presumably because he's Because he's asleep he's not- and also useless. Yeah, because he you don't need to tell him anything to get him on the side of just He's just bloodthirsty and wants to see a good show. Um, but he's basically saying, like, yeah, listen, I know you and Starscream have had your differences, but you're really not just going to let Megatron fucking beat him into scrap with his bare hands, are you? Like, that's that's extremely fucked. How are you supposed to continue on knowing Megatron could do that at any moment? Demolisher's like, fuck, you're right. Yeah, and Ironhide, I, I was saying to, like, his credit, he's like, has cancel culture gone too far? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then he just he blasts down the door uh right as megatron is just is about to really really get started here and he's like you can- megatron i i take uh i i would like to submit uh that you don't do this and because it's bad i would yeah i would like to not report you to hr have you considered not doing this unfortunately hr is cyclonus so it wouldn't really do much uh but mega that it seems to be enough for mega just you know and like when we say beat the shit out of starscream he is just 
just punching just no i mean megatron is covered in guns he could he could uh, he could power link with the leader one and just bury him in lasers if he wanted to but no he is just like going for the face the body just everything just throwing him against walls choking him yeah this is like almost i actually made a note of it it is almost like one for one Panel for panel. Well, actually, later on, it actually is. This isn't it here, but later on in this episode, we do get something that's almost panel for panel IDW Spotlight Megatron. Oh, yeah. Um, like, that, 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 man, that fucking issue is great. Uh, I think we've talked about it before. Fuck, we have, because it's, it's, <laughs> it's such a grim issue of a comic. Yeah, just Megatron presumed dead. Uh, and then just floats beating the shit out of Star... Like, yeah, beating him to death. Very Floats explicitly. out of the void in a new body where Starscream is, is holding, like, leading the remnants of the Decepticon army and just savages him yeah. for, like, three pages of comic. And, this, and just... Oh, like, it's more than off. that. It's, like, half of a comic. It's, like, ten pages. It sucks. Um, yeah, I mean, we've we've seen quite a bit of, of brutal Starscream beatings in, in, our, in, in the various... Uh, you know, annals of Transformers history. Of course, there's the there's the wonderful uh, montage in season two of Transformers Animated, which I just love. Uh, there's just basically any interaction between Megatron and Starscream in Prime. Uh, yeah, they 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 do not like each other in Prime. But then there's also Cyberverse, which uh, has a similarly grim feeling about it. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But luckily, Demolisher intervenes and stops him Mega from. Mega Star uh, complicated. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm like, I, I'm in the I'm in the Final Fantasy queues. You record this, and I did just get to a dude. But uh, so, so Megatron just leaves, and Demolisher just kind of looks around, like, "Are you okay, Starscream? Are you good?" And Starscream's like, "No, I'm not fucking good. But get your hands off me." I'm, I need to go do some thinking, <laughs> and he just leaves. Um, and uh, then sideways just goes, "No, it's fucked up, huh?" Well, gotta go. Yeah, it's like weird that you're still loyal to a man that does that to his subordinates when he's the one who fucks up. Anyway, bye. <laughs> the monster learn, and the monster just goes, "The hell's going on around here? What the fuck is happening?" So yeah, so we cut to. Uh, we cut, you know, we cut around. We see the Cyclonus still asleep. Megatron asleep. He, you know, beating the tar out of a man really does tire you out. It does. Yeah. Uh, you gotta, you gotta like bulk up on protein after that or take a um, nap. And then we see Starscream alone on the surface of the moon, staring up at the sky and just like stabbing the ground with a sword. And you just, really like, use a wish right now, wish right now, wish right now. Yep. And this is when Sideways rolls up and says, hey, man, I saw what happened back there. That was, you know. Well, before he gets to really... Starscream, he gets to Ironhide a little That's further. True. So Ironhide, like, Starscream, like, storms off. And Ironhide, like, follows him outside the base. And he's like, listen, Starscream, I know we're not that close, but, like, we need to talk about what just happened. And Starscream just looks at him and flies off. And... Uh, Doubleface looks at Ironhide and he's like, so why are you loyal to Megatron? And Ironhide's like, what? What do you, what do you mean? 
why would I make it honor? Like, why wouldn't I be? And Double Face is like, it just seems to me that a real leader wouldn't take it out on his subordinates when he's the one who messes up. Anyway, bye! Yeah, I'm gonna drive off, uh, leaving. Th- I think that's when Demolisher goes, what the hell's going on? Like, what is going on around here? Um, yeah, so this is when, yeah, so Sideways drives up to Starscream and says, you know, I, I saw it happen back there. That's so messed up. It is, you know, he really is just a, uh, a poor leader taking it out on his own soldiers for his own stupid mistakes. I think, for one, that your decisions during that battle showed a strong strategic mind, and I bet our cause would be served much better if you were in charge. It's not quite as direct in the sub. He's like, man, if only there was someone more qualified to lead us. That's also that. But also, when he ends this with uh, telling Starstream straight up, yeah, Megatron is afraid of you. So just, and then he, and then he says, anyway, see ya. Bye. Anyway, bye. That is as always what he does on this episode. He just tells them something that's going to like worm its way into their minds and just like make them question everything. And then he just drives off. Yep. Somewhere else. Yep. Specifically, he drives off to the throne room uh, to wake up Megatron. He's like, uh, hey, what's up, boss man? Uh, you know, it's, it's really rough what he had to discipline Starscream for, but I get it. You gotta like, uh, you gotta make sure people have an example so they don't step out of line. So there's like a very funny conversation that happens here where Megatron kind of plays himself a little bit. A little He's also, I mean, he it like he he says things that like really surprise Doubleface and like takes him off guard. So Doubleface is trying to get him to kill Starscream, like straight up. Yeah. He's trying to get him to kill Starscream. Yeah, what he says when he rolls up, he's like, he says, "I, you know, it's it's to me, it seems kind of sloppy that you like didn't finish the job. Uh, why'd you do that?" So anyway, he's like, anyway, you should kill Starscream. Before his rebellious spirit gets too much for him. And Megatron replies with, but he's one of my most important subordinates. As if he hadn't literally tried to kill Starscream 20 minutes ago. Yeah, so basically this is like, I have, like, the highest esteem for Starscream. I have the highest hopes for him as an officer. But he's too goddamn soft like he's like he still has a conscience. He still has these doubts. And what I'm trying to do is to make sure he understands how ruthless he needs to be. And Cyrus is like internally he's just like the fuck is this guy talking about? So yeah, he has a moment where so he's like like I'm not going to kill Starscream. I would never do that to one of my most important subordinates. And there's a moment where Doubleface is like, "Oh shit, is this guy like actually like, I can't tell if this guy is an idiot or a genius because he just tried to kill Starscream. But, like, maybe if he wasn't actually doing that and he's trying to, like, bring out Starscream's potential, he's secretly a genius I hadn't, like, thought of. And he's going to resist all of my efforts to, like, sow dissent or whatever. And then he's like, and then, like, he's like, oh, yeah, 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 no, I get that. Like, you're you're good as long as you have the Star Saber because, of course, the Star Saber can beat Starscream. And Megatron immediately goes, I don't need the Star Saber to beat Starscream. I could do it with my own bare hands. And, uh, like, Doubleface is like, never mind, he's an idiot. 
Yeah. yeah he, Megatron is one of those guys who like to call a smart, dumb guy. He's a... <laughs> sort of... You've heard of idiot savants now uh, introducing idiot idiots. Yeah. <laughs> savant idiot. Um, and that's really more Cyclonus. Cyclonus is a savant idiot. Um, What's the savant right. part of him, dare I ask? Getting sh- uh, Sleeping. He's really good at it. Mm. He's really good at sleeping and also being unconscious. Uh, but yeah, ba- yeah. Basically, he Megatron. Yeah, he ba- he kind of uh, gets Megatron uh, up up worked up. It's like I don't need the fucking Star Saber for shit. All right, <laughs> like you, you just shut your mouth. You don't have a mouth, but I'm I want you to shut it, please. I don't uh, even have a mouth, you asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so, so uh, you know, thankfully, Sideways's you know machinations are still proceeding as planned. I believe. This is when uh, we see Starscream, like, what is he doing in this hall? He's, like, looking at a screen. He's, like, looking at something when Demolisher walks up to him. I did not take note of it. I'm gonna be real, homie. There there were, like, it was, like, a, it was, like, a a fuzzy shot of a a couple of Cybertronians standing next to each other. And I guess from what his next dialogue is, I can guess what it might have been. Because he's, like, Demolisher walks up and asks what he's doing, and he's, like, I've been thinking, you know, um, this war has been going on for like 10 million years or so. And when you get right down to it, the only difference between me and an Autobot is that I wear the Decepticon badge. Like that, if I had just been built in a different place and, and pressed into a different army, I would be a different person. Um, and Demolisher's like, you're not gonna do any of that desertion traitor stuff, right? And Scream says, no, no, I'm not going to betray Megatron. I'm just, you, you stay loyal to him. I'll keep my thoughts to myself as he walks off. Um, so, you know, he's got, he's been having some internal doubts about this whole thing, seemingly. So it's like a little slightly different in a way that I actually really like in the sub where, they have this conversation in Ironhide's, and Starscream's like, why are you loyal to Megatron? And Ironhide's like, I've never really questioned it. Like, it's always been part of me. And and, and Starscream's like, yeah, I'm the same way. I was born into this life. I was born a Decepticon. Um, if I had been born an Autobot, I would have been fighting against Megatron equally strongly and passionately. Um and he's sort of walking away, and as he looks over his shoulder, it's like, you don't have to worry, Ironhide, I'm not thinking of defecting. Like, I have no interest in challenging Megatron. And Ironhide's like, oh, no, 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 of course not. Like, I never, why, why would you even mention it? Like, I never thought you were going to do that. Let's put a pin in that for later. Um, Starscream, let's just, uh, let's just put, keep that up on the whiteboard for a bit there. Um... As as we move through the rest of the series, so yeah, really. uh, yeah he, the, the same sort of thrust there. He, he's it's interesting. He says um, some interesting like uh, talk here about origins. So he says since his spark left the Iacon chamber and he was uh, like joined into the Decepticon army. So like I guess Iacon chamber is supposed to be sort of Vector Sigma. Um, there's like we 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 will not get very many detailed origins about Transformers in this continuity, but it's just an interesting line. But yeah, he he says pretty much the same thing that he has been a Decepticon since birth, and he he is just now thinking about how weird that is. Um, 
So this is when, yeah, so Megatron is like, we see him snoozing again, and he's like got the star saber in his lap, but he's not paranoid or afraid. Yeah, no, it's, it's his, it's his comfort. It's my blankie. It's his comfort toy. Don't you sleep with an un- unspeakably powerful blade beneath your pillow too? Yes, um, I do. So, yeah, so this is when Sideways kind of walks up to him. He's like, oh, hey, Starscream, uh, Megatron wanted to talk to you about something. Uh, we're going on a mission, uh, and he needs you to, like, needs you to, like, guard the warp gate from the Minicons because he thinks you're his, like, best and most loyal soldier. Can you believe you said that? He said that. He said, it's true. He said that, though. He definitely said Is that. Is that what he says? Oh, my God. It's the exact opposite in the sub. So he says, I need Megatron says you need to warp the you need to guard the warp gate because that's all um a soldier who can't follow simple instructions is good for. Yeah, I guess presumably what they're going for in the dub is like this he, that was like clearly like a patronizing thing of like oh yes you have a very important job Starscream you guard the warp gate. Um and Starscream just says I'm going to smash the warp gate and he starts storming off. Uh, Once again, Ironhide comes up to do to John Mulaney. All right, okay, all right, okay, all right, okay. <laughs> this time, however, Starscream does not heed his uh, warning. He just pushes right past him there. Um, at some point, so he decides to go and challenge Megatron. Demolisher panics, of course, and is like, oh, oh no, I need to stop this. So he looks around for Sideways, who is, of course, gone. Um... So he, yeah, my he work runs. here is done. Yeah, he has work here is done. He's going to go watch the fireworks. He runs over to where Cyclonus is still sleeping. And this is there's a great line here. So he wakes Cyclonus up. And he's like, it's, Cyclonus, this is terrible. Uh, Megatron and Starscream are each Thirds are going to fight for command of the Decepticons. And Cyclonus says, oh my god. That's amazing. I hope I get there in time to see them fucking kill each other. And the Walter's like, wait, No. No, hold on. No, no, no. We need to stop them. If, if, if the, if the two top commanders fight, imagine what that's going to do for morale. Which Cyclonus responds, morale? We've never had any morale around here. Yeah. King. Yeah. He's like, what's, uh, again, very, very, very small difference. But, uh, in the sub Ironhide's like, our entire unit could fall apart if we don't work together. And Sandstorm's like, we've never worked together, homie. I just love the delivery of morale. We've never had any morale around here. It's just really good. Um, so, cut out to the fields of the moon. You know how it is. Megatron's like, all right, listen up. Panel, and he stabs the st- panel for panel, this is Spotlight Megatron. Yes. Yeah, that comment even takes place on a fucking exactly. desolate asteroid. Exactly. Um, so he stabs the Star Saber into the ground. He's like, listen up. You beat me, you can have the fucking Star Saber, and you can take command. But, you better not hold back. Um, I am tired of you, like... he In a very funny turn of events, he accuses Starscream of, of having a conscience and playing by the rules. Once again, you would never say this about any other Starscream. Right. <laughs> it's like, Starscream... You aren't doing enough goddamn war crimes. Literally, I'm yeah. I'm tired of your shit. Uh, yeah, literally, like, Megatron starts beating the shit out of him. And they go head to head, but, like, Megatron, like, 
clearly, again, bare-fisted, because Megatron puts the Star Saber underground. And they're, like, kind of evenly matched, but Megatron is very definitively winning. And his entire policy this entire time is telling Starscream, nice guys finish last. Yeah. You want you want fucking are you mad at me, bro? You wanna fucking hit me? Do it. Get mad. You better Get do mad. it. Yeah, literally he just like stop being such a fucking weenie and kill me if you, you <laughs> show me how hard you are. Um and so eventually Starscream does like grab you know, he does the thing where he grabs Megatron's fist as it's about to slam to his face again and he starts fighting back. Um but you know, it's a little too little too late. Yeah. So, but Mega, so Megatron grabs the sword, grabs Star Saber and holds it up to his throat. He's like, you fucking, you need to shape the fuck up or else next time I am not going to leave you alive. Uh, and he just walks off. At some point, Cyclonus <laughs> has flown Demolisher in. Demolisher was hanging on to Cyclonus's like, uh, the, the like railing or whatever, and the, but as soon as Cyclonus sees that they're fighting, he drops Demolisher onto the ground. It's like, ooh, I gotta get a good seat. Yeah, I love. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. So Sideways is watching all of this and is like, "That's not really how I expected this to turn out at all." Huh? Yeah. So he's he's like he looks at this and he's like. I can't believe Megatron didn't use the Star Saber. Like, I really thought he was going to kill Starscream. But you know what? That's okay. Because, and I quote, a day will come when the fight between, uh, like, I've seen, I've seen the Autobots and and the Decepticons, and a day will come when the fight between them will lead to their utter destruction. He's normal. He's regular. He's very normal. Um, yeah, he says, like, the act, the, uh, he says, like, yeah, they, they will eventually destroy each other. This war will drag on. But weirdly enough, uh, morale has improved around here. Um, because what we see is during combat, uh, Megatron is being surrounded and Starscream actually comes to back him up, uh, to stop him from being flanked by Hotshot, I believe. And this is like the only, uh, the Autobots only appearance is this very brief bit at the end here. Um, so, yeah, it seems as though this bizarre, hard-assed, like, method of, of trying to just beat the conscience out of Starscream is, is working somewhat. Who knows what for kind now. of horrible effects it will have on his psyche and what consequences it might have for Megatron in the future. I'm sure he's not, I'm sure Starscream is definitely not thinking, still thinking about all that stuff about he and the Autobots aren't really different at all. And that, like, loyalty is just a badge you wear i'm pretty sure he's not thinking about that and he definitely isn't going to try to romantically court a 12 year old girl oh starscream and sideways is definitely normal and he's definitely not oh. talking to anyone weird oh double face is the most normal he's so normal he's so normal he's like embarrassingly normal don't you just look up into the void of space and talk to it like it's your boss i do that all the time oh yeah constantly I'm always saying this. So that's rebellion. Um, I I feel like we are finally getting into the 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 character drama that I remember from this show, which is all 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 about Starscream and Sideways and this and this weird dynamic he and Megatron have. I it is very much unlike most other Starscream and Megatron dynamics, except weirdly enough, 
IDW. I feel like they took a lot from this show, which makes sense when you remember that for a while, IDW Starscream was walking around in an Armada body um, for a bit there. Thank you, Sarah Stone. Thank you, Sarah Stone. So that is it for these episodes. Uh, we got some questions. Do we have any on Twitter? I don't think so. I'll check real quick, but I'm pretty sure not. <laughs> oh, that's the, that's the Cyclone's face you were talking yeah. about. Nope. Nope. Nothing on Twitter. Well, we got some on Discord. Yeah, let's do so, it. So, uh, first off from Casaragnia, what's your opinion on portal-induced injury infections? What is the coolest or most rid- and most ridiculous example you can think of? I can't think of anything specifically, but I do like when like portals cut out and like chop limbs off. Yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty fucking metal. Um, that's that's like the most common one I can think yeah. of. Um, I don't know if Kitty Pride's powers count, but it's pretty funny when she like shoves people into walls. Um, there is. That episode of the Venture Brothers where uh, Dr. Venture's body is like split into three separate places, I believe. I think that was some kind of portal accident. But yeah, I think I'm trying to remember any any portal injury has has stood out to me other than the cutting the arm off thing. Yeah. I like it when the physics uh, go real fast in the portal games when you just jump through portals and keep accelerating. Yeah, but you don't get injured because you have long claw boots. That's true. I bet that would make me barf uh, extremely quickly, though. Just reaching terminal velocity over and over again. Listen, you do oh. what you gotta to solve puzzles. And Cass also asks, who causes problems slash solves them on accident slash purpose? The answer to all of these is sideways. <laughs> he does all of it. He causes problems on purpose, solves them on accident, and on purpose. I don't know that he solved them. I don't know that he solves well, them. He definitely causes them on purpose. Does cause them on purpose. He he's solved something, sort of. I'm <laughs> kind of. I'm not sure I agree with that. I'm not. I, I'm not sure I agree with that one, Nero. Uh, well, he didn't get what he wanted, yeah. which was surprising. Yet he was fine with it. Um, what he wanted was to see some goddamn blood, and he didn't get it. Let's see. Who solves them on accident? I think I think Sandstorm solves them on accident. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, he couldn't solve a problem on purpose if he tried. Yeah. Um, from Casey Cosmotector, what shenanigans do you do with your own portal gun? And from Cass, in before autopalatio. <laughs> God damn it. I mean, I'm gonna fly. Speedy thing go in, speedy thing come out. Nero, to, Nero uh, I, my co-host is a weenie. I love terminal velocity, and I'm going to get I mean, it. I I'd try it at least once. Out of my way, gay boy, I'm about to hit it. <laughs> as long as I had some long fall boots. Yeah. Uh, I would use it to, uh, like, you know, you could pull all sorts of pranks with the portal, and you could, like, egg an executive's office by, like, putting a portal right across from it. And then just dropping eggs into the portal on the ground. There's you could like just just from playing Portal, the Portal games, like the euphoria of flying, of yeah. like hitting that terminal velocity and flinging yourself across rooms is Launching. like I I just want to do that. That's all I want. Yeah, it, it it is extremely fun to just ramp it across the fucking testing facility. Yeah. Um. 
from Hornmy Starscream. Hornmeister. Uh, concept. The fly, but instead of fly, the scientist combines with a specific transformer. Which one? Again, I'm going to divide this between um, Armada-specific and the Transformers metaverse. Um, Don't call it that. Oh, that that was on purpose. Um, <laughs> on purpose, on purpose. I'll reference Facebook on purpose. Um, Shockwave would invent the metaverse, I think. This is all his fault, I know it. I, literally, Shockwave invents NFTs. Everything bad that you can think of. It's always like, Shockwave's always, fault. It's literally always Shockwave's fault. Um, so, within Armada, uh, I would say it's Sandstorm. Ugh. Uh, Body horror Sandstorm? Oh no. That would be, he would be the one that would happen to him. Because it, it, it would just make the most fucked up person. Oh, yeah. If we just make the most fucked up person, I'm going to say Sandstorm. Across the entire Transformers franchise, I mean, the obvious answer is Waspinator again. Yeah, I mean, that basically happens to him in Animated. Um, yeah, no, it's Waspinator. Or, I mean, there's... there's I, I, This question actually made me think of the various body horrors examples that I've seen in the past. Like, uh, the IDW1 version of Headmasters, that one... That's pretty bad, That yeah. one ended... That one ended quite badly for the... Sonny, uh, Sonny's yeah. fine. Sonny's fine. Don't worry about it. He has no trauma. Sonny's, Sun, Sunstreaker is fine and he doesn't have any trauma and he loves humans. He loves humans. Luckily, he has a, a wonderful dog to help him out and that dog is a gigantic uh, bug robot named Bob. Yep. We uh, love Insecticons. I mean, or, oh, oh yeah, right, I mean, that's well, the other thing. So I was going to say, I was going to say Waspinator or Bombshell again. Ugh. Bombshell will do it on purpose. That that guy's fucked up. Yeah, Bombshell sucks. Bombshell's a, a giant beetle insecticon. He sucks. He, He's the guy he who invented, sucks and he has depression. Yeah. I don't think he has depression. Yeah. I think he loves his job. Um, <laughs> he is the guy who invented mind control. Uh, so, you know, he's that kind of guy. He loves to do fucked up experiments to people. He just loves it so much. And I don't know what shrapnel. And, I I don't. I couldn't name what shrapnel and kickbacks hobbies are. I think uh, bombshells. <laughs> literally, literally, kickback and shrapnel just kill people. <laughs> they're they're just there to have a good they're time. Just bombshells. They're just there to have a good time. Uh, bombshells like the alien cytokine that's like actually sentient in any way that matters. Yeah, I mean, for sure, he's he's the only one that anyone ever writes about, pretty much, because he's like the fucked up scientist guy. Yeah, he's like, man, like I he... love Shockwave. Said no one ever. <laughs> hey, I love Shockwave. He's a nightmare man who constantly makes problems for everyone, including himself. Yeah. Uh, that's it for our questions, and that's it for our show. <laughs> um, we're Prime Cuts. How hard would you rank these episodes? <laughs> I would give it. I would give it a, a, a an eight out of ten on hardness. Yeah, it's in hardness. That's that's gonna be our that's gonna be our end of show thing. Yeah, right? based our, on how hard the episode. We're, we're using the geologic scale, everyone. So you know <laughs> how diamonds are like a ten out of ten hardness. We're using that that scale, um, and and gypsum's like a one. I did yep. earth science when I was thirteen. That was many years ago. So don't at me. Um, we're pod we're we're a podcast called Prime Cuts. You can find us on Twitter. At Prime Cuts Pod. You can find us on the Noise Space Network at noisepace.xyz. Uh, you can join our Discord. Please do that. 
Join it. It's fun. Join the Discord. Uh, the link it's to the fun. The link to that is in the bio of our Twitter, and it's also in the episode descriptions. Um, I'm Audrey. You can find me at Optimum on Prime, my funny robot internet joke on uh, Tumblr and Twitter. You can also listen to the other podcast I do, which is also on Noise Space, which is Pod of Greed, a Yu-Gi-Oh podcast. We are at the beginning of season three still uh, of GX, and it is a fun time. That's at Pod of Greedcast on Twitter. It is on NoiseSpace.xyz as well. And that's me. I'm Nero. You can find me on Twitter at Dragonsmoocher, uh, and I have several projects that I am working on and or have worked on in the past. First of all, you can find me over at Disney Minus Pod on a on a horrible uh, dragging myself through the House of Mouse's cursed domain. This week, I get to watch the Nutcracker in the Nine Realms or Four Realms. I can't remember how many realms they are. It's a it's it's the Nutcracker, but it's a it's it's Lord of the Rings. Uh, uh, you can also find <laughs> the, uh, oh my god, I just looked at the episodes that we we're gonna have next week. Yes! Well, Squidhead is, yes! Squidhead is coming. Oh, it's, oh lordy coming. <laughs> oh lordy coming. Uh, anyway, yeah, you can find, uh, me, you can find my upcoming project, which should be starting up very soon, over at Heidelin Radio, Radio Free Heidelin, a comprehensive Final Fantasy XIV companion podcast. Folks, I have finished Endwalker. I finished it on Sunday. It's incredible. Homie, excuse me? No, I finished it. I'm done with it. I dedicated my entire weekend to finishing that expansion because I knew that, that these, these queue times were not going to let up anytime soon and I needed to get it in before I got spoiled and I'm so glad I did. That game fucks so supremely hard. It is not only my game of the year, it might be my game of the decade and, by extension, game of all time. It's incredible. And so me and Jane, my friend Jane, have decided we're just going to play it all again and talk about it and analyze it and, and see what makes a tick over at uh, at Freya Free Heidelin. And if you want to play along, may I remind you, free trial up to the level 60, including the entirety of the critically acclaimed expansion Heaven's Word. Anyway. We can't do this. We cannot do this. <laughs> You can also find me and Jane's previous project over at Podcast of Power. Uh, that was a She-Ra companion podcast for the 2018 She-Ra show. Good-ass show. And that's me. So, I guess, until next time, folks, I am going to pray to the Sky Gods, transform and roll out. I am going to file tra- uh, Megatron's disciplinary procedures to HR. To the NLRB! Yeah, and then I will transform and roll out and hope he doesn't come to find me. Peach! Peach!